Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Uh, good evening, uh, folks. This is the Custard TV podcast, episode two hundred and three. It be uh, the autumn, so Luke is absent. Uh, he seems to go on a little bit of a hiatus uh, every so often. So I think it'll be me and Gary for the next uh, three weeks. I mean, he's not been well, bless him, all week. Oh, but well. currently, he is without power and without internet, which is like for him is like uh, just horrible. You know, yeah, he, when, he when can't you, cope. When you run a TV-based website, uh, that's that's fairly. Mm. So you can't watch TV and you can't update your website. Well, he probably can watch TV on a normal TV. Well, no, well, not without power. But the power, okay. So what happened was the power <laughs> went off, everything, oh, okay, went, okay. everything went off, and then the power came back on, I think, yeah. but the internet still isn't working. As far as I know. Luke, Luke, if you're listening, just reset your um, your hub. Yeah. Well, he will be listening eventually, because he'll be editing this again. again. And he'll be fine. Gary and Matt, this, this is the Custard TV Podcast. The only big sort of major news this week is that uh, the BBC have dropped Crime Watch after 33 years. Yeah. Which is... It, it seems to have caused a lot of uh, furore, but then I, I challenged someone in my office who said, I can't believe they dropped Crime Watch. I said, well, when was the last time you watched it? Mm. And they couldn't remember. C- Crime Watch is one of those programmes, it's like, it's like Songs of Praise or, I don't know, th- those kind of like what you call the BBC's blue ribboned programme. Points of view. Yeah. If it's not on, you probably wouldn't even notice yeah. it. If, B- if the BBC dropped Points of View tomorrow, everyone would be like, no, not Points of View, that's been on for ages, and then... But, but do you ever do you ever watch it on a Sunday afternoon at like four no. fifteen? But where would Can they even... complain to? But without points yeah, of view. Ah, hey. 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 If there's Twitter, probably. Crime, maybe they'll bring it back. <laughs> I watch. I don't know. Uh, it always seemed to me to be one that they just put in a random Monday between dramas, between yes. like, you know, we've got a spare week slot, a slot of crime watch in there. Then it's long past its sell by date. Who was presenting it now? Is there, they're after you Kirsty well. Young? Kirsty Young, was it, was it, uh, it wasn't Nick Knowles. Uh, no, Kirsty Young. Nicky Campbell as well, but wasn't there normally a man and a woman? I don't watch it, Gary, that's why uh, it's been cancelled. Well, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and just a couple of other little bits. Uh, BBC have, oh, BBC Two have renewed two comedies. Um, Upstock Crow will be returning for Series 3. 
and Mum, which hasn't aired its second series, that's going to be in the new year, is already confirmed for a third series. And apparently an American remake um, that I, I read about today. You, you and Luke stars. raved about Mum. It wasn't, it wasn't up my street. But It's well, not your sort no, of thing, was it? I, like, I can only imagine that maybe, maybe the executives have seen series two and thought this is really good. Before I mean, we complained about comedy, and these are, you know, I like Upstart Crow and you guys like Mum, so well done, BBC. Yeah. Netflix, who previously have been a little bit uh, not very forthcoming on giving out information about their top shows, have released the information about the top 20 binged shows in America. So, Sorry, Gary, that the phrase is binge-raced shows. So these are the shows that have gone up, um, have been binged the most. Everyone's watched all the episodes within a 24-hour period of it going up. I mean, I have to say... that makes some of these very impressive because some of these have got 24 episodes. So I know. did it with I know I did it with Glow, and okay. I might have done it with Gilmore Girls as well, which is number one on this list. Indeed. Yeah, well, let's let's go through this list because we can talk about the ones mm. that maybe we've seen. So number one is Gilmore Girls, as we say. Mm. Number two is Fuller House. Now that doesn't make that's not such a surprise in America. Full House was a, an American hit, which never ever mm. really got um, shown over here. And both both of these as well were um, revivals of shows that were cancelled in the 90s and 2000s. Yeah. And I think because they had the fan base, because certainly Fuller House would have been sitcom length. Gilmore Girls, there was four 90-minute episodes, so that mm. was six hours. So Marvel's The Defenders, which is their kind of like uh, Justice League or... Uh, Avengers. You know, where they go, Avengers, uh, yeah, Avengers. where you've got... Avengers, yeah. Well, Avengers is the same franchise, so I was yeah, yeah. the other one, but you know. Uh, the Seven Deadly Sins, do we know anything about that one? I don't know anything about that one. No. No. Uh, is it, this is American Netflix, isn't it, as yeah, well? Yeah, America. We say. Santa Clarita Diet, we talked about and reviewed. We didn't really fancy it uh, last year. No. F is for Family is a animation that we've tried to go ahead with, but it's quite old. So this must mm. have been one of the later series that got kind of... Uh, picked up. Orange is the New Black, nothing strange there. Uh, nothing strange with Stranger Things either. Ah, again, eight, again, eight episodes. Yeah. Uh, Friends from College, which we both disliked earlier this year. Uh, Grace and Frankie, we talked about that before. Again, easy to watch. Yeah. Wet Hot American Summer, I'm not going anywhere near that. Which is, um, no, 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 it's a, um, it was a film in the 2000s, early oh, 2000s. Okay. It's got a lot of fame, it's set in a summer camp. Right. And it's got a lot of sort of famous faces made their debut in the film and then all came back uh, for right. this sort oh, of yeah. revival series um, where they were all still playing like teenagers even though they're all in like their 30s and 40s now. Atypical, the uh, autism-based uh, drama that we talked about early, a couple of weeks ago. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, House of Cards, Master of None, the, the, the only British show, and the slight surprise, Luther. Now, mm. I would have thought Luther would... In fact, I'm fairly sure Luther was on BBC America. Because uh, I know that Luke was watching it when he was out there. Um, mm. So, uh, and then the last two, Glow and Arrested Development, which again, a show that was probably cancelled before its time and then brought back. Uh, so yeah, it does fit. And as you say, a lot of these are the comedies, and you would, you know, definitely the comedies do yeah. seem to to to, to, to that. Comedies are easier to binge. 
Um, if I think if you see all those eight episodes in the half an hour, you know, yeah. if I can, I'll do it all in in one go. I know definitely with me and the Gilmore Girls, I think it's because you know you're really anticipating it coming back after a decade and seeing what they've done with it and seeing the the four episodes, and I think mm. that's why that's at number one. Something that hopefully will be on that list. Again, do you like the do you like mm. the link there? Do you like the link? Mm. Uh, yeah, but I'm umming because I'm not sure if it would be. Because well, I, don't, I don't think this is a show. Uh, you could binge on, really. Um, all, certainly all ten episodes in 24 hours would be a struggle because well, yeah, they're hour-long yeah, episodes. May, maybe not a binge racer. Maybe, maybe a binge yeah. jogger would, uh, would be better off with this. Uh, it's Mindhunter. Now, Mindhunter is a... Um, well, I don't want to use the word serial killer because they don't yet uh, in, in the first uh, episodes of the series. Uh, and and uh, so far, Matt has watched two and I've it's watched a, four. It's a, cri- it's a crime drama. It's a police procedural. That's it's what police, it is, isn't Well, it? Yeah. the main premise is that um, it's it, it mostly based around Holden Ford, who is a young FBI agent who is uh, working in... Uh, firstly, when you're introduced to him, he's working in the whole area of hostage negotiation. And you actually see him... Uh, coming in and helping a hostage negotiation scene. And he's going around various police forces or FBI agencies and teaching people skills. And what he's noticing... Well, no, 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 he's... You you missed a whole chunk there. He then realises that a lot of the uh, cases that he's dealing with deal with very um, sociopathic people. And he asks to be put on a, uh, or he, he, he wants to investigate more about the behaviours of these people. Through that, he ends up partnering with... You've, no, uh, Gary, you've missed a whole chunk of stuff. He's a hostage negotiator, but they take him off the hostage negotiating, put him in the classroom, and he's really bored by it, isn't he? And that's then why, eventually, he's paired up with the guy you're going to talk about now. So he ends up working with Bill Tench, who is also going round the country, but he's working more with these behavioural yeah. clients. Because he was teaching at Quantico. He was based yes. in Quantico, Holden was. He wasn't going round the country, uh, okay. which is All what right. you were uh, saying. Okay. Sorry, I did mistake. He was... Right. I mistakenly... I he... meant to say he was going round the FBI at Quantico, not the country. And, th- and this is before the days when you got profilers or things like that. You know, if you ever watch The X-Files, you'll know that Mulder was originally called a profiler, where he would analyse information and come up with a a fairly kind of tight description of the kind of person they would be looking for without giving names, you know. The whole, you hear the thing like 18 to 34 male, you know, uh, you know, strange relationship with his mother. Like the first episode, I felt, after watching, because watched, I've watched the two, you've watched the four, and the first episode I found could have been combined with the second episode into maybe like a 90-minute pilot, and I don't think you would have missed much at all, because I think at the end of the second episode, you're almost like, this is the start of the series. Yeah, I, that, that's why I was going to go on and say what happened in the second episode, because really, I think of them more as a, a combined thing, because you're right, the, the first episode is really, he's really set up. In fact, yeah, I suppose mm. the one thing really that I hadn't mentioned is that he meets his girlfriend, who mm. is a, a psychology major at a local university, yeah, uh, it, some of what she said, it starts to it sort of pique his interest in the fact that psychology may have a, a big part to mm. play. Yeah, she's more sort of sociology, isn't she? She looks yes. at sort of like, as you say, yeah, like psychology and things like that, things he wasn't aware of. And it's that combined with sort of, uh, because he's first, the very first scene is like him doing a hostage negotiation yeah. and it being like this guy thinking like he's invisible, isn't he? And he sort of strips off and everything like that. And I was thinking, Netflix, you know, two minutes in, we're already seeing genitalia. Um, But it... 
it, 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 it is sort of, you know, you get the measure of it, but I thought for a first episode, it didn't really... And, and the end, the last sort of 15 minutes is where you see this sort of uh, partnership between Bill and Holden Hol- mm. and Bill sort of take place. They they sort of go on the road and they, they do these lectures and he's really obsessed with Charlie Manson and things like yeah. that. And then they, they encounter like this guy who says, we've got this similar case and... Um, can you look into this? And then he, and then Holm goes, no, we can't. And it just felt all a bit sort of, well, what was the point of that hour? Because I didn't feel like, I got a little bit of, of, of things, but it felt very sort of by the numbers. Here we are now in Quantico. Here we are now. He's meeting mm. this guy. Here we are. He's meeting his girlfriend. And then you, it ha- you had to get to the second episode before you sort of, again, got more introduction and at the end. So, yeah, carry on now. Sorry. Oh, well, I, I would agree that the first episode is there yeah. to draw you in. It's not there mm. to give way what the program is about and i think one of the features of mindhunter is how slow and deliberate it starts off by being i mean obviously i've watched four episodes it does begin to pick up a bit of pace at some point mm. but this is not your typical crime drama there's no one case as they keep going around the country giving these talks they begin to encounter cases which mm. fit the work that they're doing yeah um, which, which, and, and then other characters and things start to come into it. But I think what is very good is that it builds up those two main characters quite well, so that once they start getting into the cases, you know a little bit about the personality. This guy, this guy um, uh, Holden Ford, played by uh, Jonathan Jonathan Groff. Well, he's quite sort of fresh-faced and quite, he, you know, he's he plays very it. much your white meat. And I'm yeah. using he's, he's, he's a white meat G man, you know, he's very much yeah. your FBI model agent at the start. Uh, so mm. he's very sexually naive as well, which at the beginning you're thinking, why are you showing me that? But as then again, you begin to understand how he needs to understand the cases and the people, how that's holding him back a bit. Bill Kent plays your kind of more very gruff kind of um, mm. old school. But he is very. Yeah. I mean, and a, and a couple of times he stands up for Bill Holden, which is yeah. Really the end of and, and an interesting thing is that this is all based on like true events. It's based yes. on a book written by um, two guy uh, John E. Douglas, who is the basis for the Holden Four character, mm. and all of the well, certainly the serial killer they meet in episode two. Yes. Um, Ed Kemper, the, the co-ed guy. killer, who's yeah. ki- who killed these students and and. Did he have sex with his mum's head? Is I that believe, what I remember I correctly? That's what they implied, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, well, they didn't imply that. it. They well, didn't imply it. They went. He, he, he went into great, great detail about having sex with a neck. All I'm saying is he didn't show it. That's all I cared about. But as you say, these interviews that he has with, with these serial killers give him a great insight into the criminal mind. And at the time the the boss is the the boss who's quite against this and sort of mm. talks him down when he finds out that he's been talking to Kemper um, and that's why Tench has to stand up to him and go no hang on you know he's got a lot of ideas I don't always yeah. agree with him lot, but lot, you know give people, us a chance a lot of people see Kemper as he'll always say what you want him to say he loves talking to mm. agents but actually mm. the information they're getting out of him it seems very good you know it gives them that insight into a yeah, uh, it gives them an, an insight to a killer that they've at this point um, been, not, not not really been able to do. I think the one thing is, if you're a fan of like Criminal Minds or some sort of serial killer program, but take it back thirty years, don't think about how you know they don't even use mm. the word serial killer as I say. They don't use profiling. You've got to go back to kind of pre pre Silence of the Lambs almost. What really works is the music. You know they've really done a oh, good yeah. job 
of bringing it I up. I mean, I watched episode two last night before mm. I went to bed, and I've still got um, Psycho Killer by um, oh. and, and of course, what a, what a great song to use, in, you know, this sort of thing. Yeah. They've got the venues right, you know, it looks great. You know, there are little things which I think mm. Fincher always brings to it. The fact that, you know, and you'll know in certain television programs, they tell you where they are by a graphic on screen. The graphic film That the annoyed me a little bit. Oh, I don't know, it just felt... Yeah, I felt like, do I, do I need this all the time? Well, but for a show <laughs> that travels, I think it's a mm. good thing. You know, you need to know where in the country you are to understand a little bit about it. I, um, get, I, get, I get what you're saying, but yeah. yeah I'm I, I, um, opinion. So, yeah, um, overall, but, do you think you'll be sticking with this? I mean, I'm guessing by the fact that you're episode two, you're, you're kind of hooked. Yeah, someone put on Twitter that there was, you know... Episode one, episode two was vastly superior to episode one. I wouldn't say that. I found episode one, I found both of them quite easy to watch. Yeah. Um, one thing that you didn't mention, which I quite liked, was the sort of humour that it had. It was quite funny. I found, I thought it was funnier yeah. than it would be. Well, no, I, I did find myself laughing quite a few times. Again, it's the interplay between Holden and Bill, like as you say, like the sort of naive. Um, What's the word? I was, I was, I had a word in my head then. Now it's gone. Sort of the forward-thinking type, aspirational, I suppose you could oh, say, okay, police yeah. officer who wants to push things forward. I mean, the interplay there, the sort of looks that Tench gives. I thought it was very funny. There's that sequence where, um, as a, again, Finch's um, directorial, where they, where you just see them on the road constantly. It's really, yeah, edit, you know, the, the hotel, the hotel rooms, the airport yeah. benches, you know, the planes, the you know, you just sleep on another guy. Like yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, I just find it, I did find it quite fun. I mean, it's not a comedy, but there were some quite moments of humour which, which did make me laugh. And, and I think, I mean... And, I, and even, even in the interviews with Kemper, there's, there's good mm. interplay between yeah. them. You know, he's, He's a serial killer, but he's also quite a funny human being. And he's quite childlike, isn't he? Because he, he was in a mental childish. institution for... And that's what he says. He was in a mental institution for most of his sort yeah. of years where he should have been, like, in adolescence and stuff, which has sort of almost sort of stunted him. And it's, it is a very interesting show. I don't know whether I'll be sort of... Watch it, you know. If there's nothing else on, I might, I might give it a watch. Okay. But I mean, I, I did, I did enjoy it. I think more than I thought I would. I also loved episodes three and four, and I, I would encourage you to stick with it because I, I do think it's a great show. I will be finishing it. I think the only thing that's stopping me from watching every episode right now is there's an awful lot of it else on, and and I kind of feel like I'm going to enjoy this, so I don't want to rush it. <laughs> So, we'll start with Liar, because it's one we've been talking yes. about um, since the, uh, the now, start of the series. Check, did you watch this one this week, or had you already seen it? Because I know you saw them in advance. Or did you have to wait till this Monday to watch No, it? no, we got the preview copy. I think I saw it... I think I watched it on Saturday. Interestingly, I was talking to a friend last night. She hadn't seen the last episode, but she... Her sort of sentiment sort of echoed ours in that she said she wished it had ended with the the reveal of it being, you know, him yeah. and, you know, detective, do you want to go for a drink? And then her just seeing the earring on the teddy bear and that's how it ends. Yeah, there were better ways to end it than the way they did. But yeah, I mean... Now, we kind of I, now know why, I suppose. I mean, I... I I thought after uh, four and five, which I didn't enjoy at all, I think it pulled it back to an extent here. I felt that it had a good, not a great ending, but a good ending. It went three months onwards, which we said that we thought would happen after episode three, didn't we? We thought there'd we, be a... We, we did, yes. 
we got Andrew saying to his son, can you lie for me, give me a false alibi, and, and he says, yes, of course I will, these are all lies, blah, blah, blah. Three months later, and um, Laura is going for a uh, drink with the guy she met at the airport, played by... I thought that was Ke- quite nice, actually. Kieran Bew, who is in, in everything at the moment, he's a, he's over in Relic as well, and he's in Cold oh, really? Feet at the moment as well. He's obviously, obviously, a, uh, uh, got a good agent. She sees Andrew out with a new woman played by Laura Aikman, who's a familiar face from a lot of um, comedies and things. Yeah, um, I certainly recognised her from something. She's quick to go to like warn her about um, what Andrew's like, and you know, be careful and everything like that. And she goes to tell him, and then the, the twist, which I didn't see coming, and I quite liked, was it turned out that he, w- that she was an undercover police officer, and they were in the middle of a sting, trying to sort of bring him to justice by proving that he was drugging these women. I didn't say it last week, but I did wonder whether uh, they would do something because already they've tried to catch Andrew out, mm. you know, through through method through other methods. I did wonder whether they would do a sting operation. She was a bit rubbish, though, as an as undercover detective. Yes. <laughs> well, I, um, I, I have to say that I really do wish that perhaps they hadn't rushed that storyline so quickly. No. And, and sort of the reveal of finding all... Because uh, last week we saw his sort of shed of um, drugs and videotapes. And <laughs> the, the sort of... The way she got there, Laura, was very... Oh, like yeah. clunky and it's oh it could have happened like weeks and weeks ago because what happened was the sister stole the, um, Andrew's phone from his locker at the hospital and then the Warren Brown character the police officer had some stuff downloaded onto his laptop he connected the phone to it and he found the name of the carer his mum's carer and they went to the house and from there they got the the stuff out of the uh out of the bunker and and brought him to justice, really, or tried to bring I, I, him to I justice. I have to say, the first thing I would do if I was Andrew is I would have fired that carer. What they found was loads of SD cards with him having taken the rapes because he said to her that he remembers details about her bedroom. Yeah, there was a, there was a thing, wasn't there, where they had a, they after, when he confronted her about. Having a conversation with the Laura Aikman character when yeah. he didn't know she was and, a... And, and he started to sort of, like, do the whole kind of, like, I could break you. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For any moment. And he dropped that little thing in there, didn't he? I don't know. I, I, I can see the logic in it, but I still thought it was a little bit contrived of like... Yeah, a lot of... This was. That, that she went, went, oh, how did he remember that? Three months later, you know. 
the argument would be that it happened here in terms of like the phone and the computer and everything because both the sister and the Warren Brown character were trying to get back into Laura's good graces after she found out about the affair. He then allegedly went on the run and the very last scene is that we now know that someone has killed him, stabbed, slit his throat and mm. dumped him in the little, what would you call that, like an estuary? Yeah, that originally was where she went canoeing and I think you're yeah. supposed to think that, and that and I suppose really is now what you've got is a more classic whodunit because I you've thought... now got a more, you've got a, you've got a very good list of suspects. Yeah, so we've got, as you say, we've got this big list of suspects, it's coming back for series two. I know I've spoken to Luke about it during the week and obviously he's not happy, you know, he feels no, like Broadchurch. Yeah. I think it would have been a lot better had he just commit suicide so he'd in a way been brought to justice but they hadn't had, got a chance to sort of get that revenge in court you know he'd yeah. realised the jig was up and then he just killed himself but but no now we've got a murder mystery which I'm not looking forward to I don't know about you Gary well the other thing I read uh, this week and I'm not sure if I think I read it on thecustardtv.com is that the um, oh you read you read an article on thecustardtv.com did you oh, I did yeah is that filming won't start till next year, so we might not get this till 2019. Filming is in 2019. Oh, okay. Filming so starts in 2019. Okay, so we definitely won't get this till 2019. Yes. I, I kind of feel like, yeah, ITV, what are you doing? But then again, we said that about The Missing. How can that come back for Series 2? Mm. Uh, I suppose this is Jack Williams and Harry Williams, yeah. So yeah. And they I won't be working on Relic 2, well, no, so no, they've got a bit more will, time. Right. I, therefore, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to err on the side of trusting them to come up with a good storyline. And have you got an early prediction about who, who the killer was? Jill Halfpenny all the way. I'm going with his son, Luke. I think he's the only one who's going to be defending his dad, though. I think he's the only one I think Jill Halfpenny is too easy. Maybe, no, maybe... No, it was, I'm Joanne, yeah. Joanne Froggett's character is the one that's too easy, because A, she knows the yeah. area of where the canoes were, and she's yeah. the reason. I, 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 I think it'll be Jill Halfpenny. Okay. But, you know, we can see, we'll see. You're listening to the Custard TV Podcast. The official podcast of thecustardtv.com. Because I've just watched it, should we talk about the um, Louis Theroux? Yes, um, yes, let's. Uh, and this is all set in Houston, Texas, and it, um, as the yep. title would suggest, is uh, basically Louis going around and talking to various sex workers most of whom have pimps that seem quite brutal, quite violent, but they're sort of under the spell of these pimps. He meets a girl called uh, Nikki, who's um, in her late 30s. She's only recently started to do this, to, to, you know, to be a prostitute, um, and she's very sort of taken under the wing of this pimp, who she says, you know, he's my protector, he looks after me, you know, he, he got me out of several sticky situations. But then, at the same time, when she fe- thinks she's lost, like, some money from one of her uh, clients, she gets really, really upset and yeah. feels like he's going to get violent with her. So there's that sort of distance between these sort of um, presentations of the pimps and things like that. And then he goes with, like, the police and goes on an undercover operation, goes with these sort of outreach workers, who a lot of whom are former prostitutes now trying to sort of help the girls out, you know, 
they've got these programs where they're trying to get them off the drugs and try to make them see that like these pimps aren't their yeah. friends. You know, they're trying to make money off them. They focused on this website called was it Backpage? Yeah, I couldn't remember the name of it, but certainly something yeah, like that, back, which, which is almost page. like an advertising site. Yeah, isn't it? which reminds me. Of, well, no, the very first scene he was on a website that reminded me of that thing in Top of the Lake where oh, all the yeah. Trick, Trick Advisor. Yeah, that was the good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, saying this prostitute did this, this is what happened, blah, 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 and they, they saw that. But, the, yeah, the, the, the um, back page one is essentially, here's this prostitute, here's the number, give her a call. And, and you saw that in action, didn't you? You saw that with her the first time. Yeah. Where uh, she's being advertised as being, like, 26 and she's 37. What amazed me was, uh, you, you talk about an area, you know, they said there was a lot of drugs, a lot of... Um, where, where are all these people getting all this money from? She was getting a lot of phone calls while she was with Louis. Well, there's a lot of truck drivers and things like that going through it because yeah. there, there was another of the sort of recovering prostitutes. That um, weird. Who, Denisha. There's this guy called Keith who's like a truck driver. They met at a motel. She didn't have a pimp. Sort of her pimp was in jail, wasn't he? T-Money. Yeah, um, he was in he was in jail and she had a relationship with one of the other girls at the centre and this strange relationship with this guy Keith who said it was plutonic they originally met and they were having a lot of sex you know he was paying for sex with her and then now he's sort of giving her sort of toiletries and stuff while she's at this sort of centre and and it's all very strange and she says you know I'm still in love with my pimp because he's sort of there's this sort of admiration I don't know what the the, the phrase they, they sort of give him this validation don't they that they well, yeah, need a lot, a lot of it was, was based and it's, it's quite you know having watched the juice a few weeks mm. ago we saw in drama form how the pimps go about you know getting hold of the young girls you know grooming them and making them feel special but obviously also you know as, as they showed in this episode you know that fear factor as well and and i think the one thing that this episode did a really good job of was showing you the fragile state of these girls and how yeah. it really was, there was... And it really was absolutely traumatic how they went from love to hate to fear in a matter of seconds for the, for these for these pimps that scene with Louis and her, this this girl who, who worried about losing the money was was the hardest thing I think I've seen that I had yeah. to watch this year I mean I I actually let out an expletive at one point I can't remember which scene it was but it was I think it was the girl actually Savannah she was saying something wasn't she and um, she'd actually sort of been a witness against her first pimp who sort of it. basically got her inebriated at a party convinced her to be a pimp and one hour later she was already sort of prostituting herself basically and, and against her will and then she found a second pimp after and she was only 18 you know this was all in the last two years and it exactly, all just yeah. seemed completely like um, and she was actually going back into it she she was leaving the centre at the end and yeah she but she also was, was talking about going and getting a legitimate job but others in the unit mm. had said that she was already turning yeah. tricks whilst in the rehab but that's the thing, like, he talked to Nikki, didn't he? And Nikki had yeah. gone the other way. She was married, she yeah, had a normal job, like, in a factory, and, but she said, oh, I don't like normal jobs. But again, it's, I think it's the fact that these women, they, they sort of meet these men who sweet-talk them, give them validation, and before they know it, you know, they're on this website, and they're, yeah. 
they're you know they're paying for these rooms in these hotels and they're just you know getting making money off them basically obviously there was a reason for this but he he only managed to interview one pimp who was in jail um i think that was that side of the you know he was telling this story about the men that manipulate these women but obviously mm. for legal reasons he could, he found it hard to talk to any of these men and the only man he did find it was I didn't find the conversation that scintillating between him and the and the no, guy who's been jailed. I didn't get the impression that this guy really kind of understood the power he no. had over women. I think he was more your kind of you know sort of you know I I, I don't I didn't get the impression that this was any clever person who was manipulating. He was more that was his mm. career and he was just you know. But he was also in jail, so he wasn't that very good at it. How was your perception of Louis in this episode? Week last week I was very much of the opinion that because this was America, that Louis was more subdued and more mm. indirect with his questions. I felt a slight change in this one. I mm. feel like, and I felt this, Louis, Louis's done various episodes on the sex industry in America. Maybe de- pornographic industry rather yeah. than this I side did, of yeah. it. He's done two on the porn industry, he, didn't he? He definitely feels, I definitely feel in this area of topics, other than the others where he talks about drugs and crime, when it comes to sex workers, he does seem a little bit more judgmental. Mm. I, don't, I, don't I don't think he's judgmental of the girl. Yeah, I don't no. think he's And maybe because he's a man and he doesn't understand. Mm. But I, definitely I felt more than last week he was... He's quite innocent, he was, he isn't he? He's quite an innocent, I think, Louis. Yeah. I think that's why he works in these is it, is it, is situations. It repre- it's because he's more repressed himself. Yes, yeah. But I wouldn't say he's judgmental. I think he's genuinely no, concerned the right for word. these girls. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean judgmental, but I couldn't think of the right word. I mean, I think he was appalled by what the pimps were doing. Yeah. I think there was that sense of, of being appalled that I think we all got. I found I was a lot more connected to this one than I was last week. So I think this one was a lot more focused. Mm. And I think the subject, the sort of people he found to talk to were a lot more sort of sympathetic and, and you sort of understood their plight a lot more. So, yeah, I did enjoy this one more. I can see what you're saying about Louis, but I still don't think he was as involved as he was in those um, the no, ones last year in Britain. And, and I suppose we should say that it's been announced that after these three have ended, there's going to be another series of him working with people in the UK. The first one's going to be oh, working okay. with anorexics. Uh, oh, I didn't hear that. With eating so. disorders. No, that was only announced today. Uh, oh, okay. There was a BBC Two press release. So after these three, you're going to get another series of documentaries of Louis working in the UK. So it will be interesting to see that comparison. He is compelling as a storyteller and as a filmmaker, yeah. a documentary maker. The other thing we got, this was Luke's pick of the week, so it's a yeah. shame he's not... It's a shame um, I'm not here to shout at him. Mm, right, OK. Uh, Valley Cops is this show. It's, it was a BBC Three um, documentary Set in um, Merthyr Tidville, in particular the Gurnos Estate, I think that's what they call it, the Gurnos. I think well remembered, yes, I didn't get that. Although written down here, that's why. Um, It follows, well, as the title would suggest, cops um, who work in the valley. Um, It is a very close-knit community. Um, a lot of people, again, it's not a sort of interesting companion piece in a way, because there's a lot of sort of drug-related crimes, people robbing to fund drug habits, people who've been in and out of the police station since they were teenagers. They had the custody um, sergeant who says he's had to um, arrest people in his own extended family before now, and he's basically become like a bellboy, you know, going round asking. I was going to say that the way that I didn't... Uh, OK, the number one thing I didn't like... They portrayed the company <laughs> officer as basically like a waiter at a restaurant. 
Well, that's what he said himself, wasn't he? He said, I've basically become a bellboy. Okay, I didn't like that at all. But that's, I think that's what the whole thing was, is this is sort of like a regional office. This isn't like your 24 hours in police custody where there's these sort of serious crimes coming through. It's all like sort of petty robbery and... I suppose, I mean, the main crime wasn't petty. It was a, a post office robbery which hit close to my heart. Well, I was going to say, uh, I, I wondered how you'd take to this, you know. But, do you know what I mean? It's not like massive fraud cases no, and things like that. It's Comparing it to 24 hours in police custody is wrong because you're right. In yeah, that area and I, I think you're thinking, yeah, there's, yeah. There's lots of other things, yeah, this was local. You're basing crime. sort of custody, this is sort of lo- very like local police, local estate, and I think they operate a bit differently. Local. You know, one of them goes in and says, could I have a tuna pasta bake or something like that when he comes in, because the way they sort of shot it was for a sort of comic effect, because Luke, I think, picked this because he thought it would be quite amusing and there were elements of that I think in like the talking oh, heads and things yeah. but I think this wasn't as an amusing a sort of docu-soap as I was expecting there were some quite hard-hitting things I mean there was the stuff about this like this father and son um, yeah Liam who was involved in the post office robbery wasn't oh, he yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was sort of scouting yeah. it out and that for me was the probably the in, more, more interesting story was this sort of through line of how becoming dads a lot of these guys go off like the life of crime and become and he had a pregnant girlfriend didn't he and she was like you know I'm hoping this now you know gets him off this track but no I I thought this was alright it was a bit long and and at times my attention did wear but I didn't have a big issue with this I don't think I'll watch it again but you seem to have taken against this a little bit I hated this in some areas. I see what you're saying about some of the storylines. And yes, the post office one was intriguing. I really found nobody in this episode likable. Not even the police officers, really. I don't think they did a good enough job of, of, of giving you any identity. The police officers. I like Rhino. I, uh, no, well, <laughs> Rhino, come off of it. Is this Gladiators? The particular but, uh, scene that I hated that made me kind of just grind my teeth was the bloke standing on the side of the road, doing his talking head, and a driver drives by, and he just decides to just follow him and, sh- and shout and swear and wave his hand. And then when he comes back, the camera goes, he was riding down this road in... Well, I can't do a Welsh accent, obviously. No, that's no, not yeah, a Welsh accent at all. He was driving down here 60 miles an hour yesterday. Yeah. It just made me think, this is not a slice of... Any kind of life that I can I, identify with I think, or want to identify yeah. with. Can I just counter-argue that? I think this might be a regional thing. You living in London, I think you're not exposed to these sort of small... Ta- well, you are no, to I'm, an extent, but I, 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 know the, I know these towns where there's nothing for young people to do. There's nothing... Somewhere where everyone knows each other, there's nothing for young people to... And that's why they turned to this life of crime. Because I, I got that... I, I know what you mean, that scene. But I, I saw it differently. I saw it as, you know, he is loudmouthed. He is a bit like this. But he is doing it for the right reason. He doesn't want kids to be run over. And I and I, th- I, I feel that this might be like a regional divide, I think. Maybe. I, uh, I know yeah. people. I know areas like this. I know people like this. I come across people fair, like this. And I, I think I, you I, don't. I don't live in an affluent part of London. I live in Canada. No, you know, I know. No, I know. I've been, I, I know. I've been to your area of London. You, you, you came here. Uh, I, yeah. I think the other thing that put me off was the subtitles. I understand why they did it. Yeah. But I, I agree here. I, I do think it made it more difficult to. Find. I tell you, no, no. What I didn't like was the fact that they were intermittent. 
Some you some bits were subtitled and yeah, yeah. Some bits that. were subtitled and some bits weren't, and it just like oh, you've taken the subtitles away now. I don't understand now because you were subtitling before, so we're reading it now. I have to listen to it. What's going on? No, yeah. I agree with and, you and, there. And I would say that they chose the wrong moments to subtitle. Sometimes, sometimes it needed it. Yes. And I'm sitting there, yeah. going, and that made it harder. I thought you'd I, struggle. Actually, I did think of you. I then. I didn't I didn't enjoy this. So uh, clearly. Thank you, Luke. No. Not being here. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, I think it is. A, I think it is a regional thing. I would be interested to see what Luke thought of this is because he lived for something I made him watch a while ago or something. Do you think? Yeah, probably the Queen of the South. Yeah. And now on to pick of the week. Yes, indeed. Uh, I mean, there's one here that seemed quite interesting. It's a Channel Four comedy called The End of the Effing World, which is a sort of fantasy road trip comedy thing starring. Um, Alex Lawther, who you'll remember from the Black Mirror episode with um, Jerome Flynn last year, and it's also got Jessica Barden, who you'll know from a, a number of things. It just seems quite interesting. I was going to go with Gunpowder, actually. A lot of people have been behind their eyes on this, because, of course, Kit Harrington, uh, Game of Thrones and all that. But, of course, you know, we are in the era of, you know, we said ourselves, you know, Katy Perry didn't just make a song about fireworks just so she could uh, get some endorsements every year. Uh, you do tend to put on a programme, if you're going to do it, about the, the gunpowder uh, the plot. So, quite timely. Three parts, and a reasonable cast. Liv Tyler, Mark Gatiss. You know, these are not these are not no-name-ish actors that they picked up. So, it should be interesting. First one. And it is, it, yeah. It is, I think they're going for, this is what actually happened, you know. The focus is on Robert Catesby here. Yeah, another sort of quick, did you keep up with uh, Our Girl? Uh, I haven't seen this week's episode because I've been a bit busy. Because uh, it, it, but you it, are it, going to watch it. it. I'm going to watch it. it. It was my birthday this week, so I'm actually older than when you last. Oh yes, yeah, Gary's so. birthday, forty-three. Uh, yeah, but if Luke's bringing in young people, perhaps don't mention that because the demographic. I might be in the next demographic now, and he might get rid of me. Well, you are. You have been in for a while. Yeah. And, uh, me and Luke are out of that demographic soon. I was going to say, yeah. sixteen to thirty-four. Actually, replace himself. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Uh, you wow. can find us on uh, a funky website called thecustardtv.com. Uh, you can find us on the interweb on Twitter. Uh, Luke is at Luke Custard TV. Drop him a hope you're okay, but don't expect to reply to after the internet is back up. Uh, I'm at the Gary Show, and Matt is at Matt TV Bites. You can find us on Facebook, search the Custard TV. You can do the same thing on YouTube. I know that Matt put up some new clips this week. Well yeah, done. it's all updated. All the, updated. the old uh, if YouTube. You, uh, if you go to uh, Stitcher, you can also type in the Custard TV where you can find us. But of course, we love it if you go to iTunes and leave us a nice mm. five-star review two things I want you to do this week, people. Okay, number one, send us an email with a question or a comment about a TV show to custardtvreviews at gmail.com. The other thing I'd like you to do is coming up to Christmas, if you want to buy any of us a present, here's what you do. You go to www.patreon.com forward slash custardtv, drop us a few shackles, and you'll get something good in return and we'll get a nice warm fuzzy feeling. Yes, we've Um, got two bonus podcasts already available, more coming soon. Um, two dollars. We are going to look at sort of rejigging the tiers, yeah. but at the moment, two dollars will get you soon uh, the first part of our best of podcast. Uh, there's also a podcast me and Gary are, are thinking of cooking up soon that will be available for two dollar backers. Five dollars will get you uh, me and Luke talking about Only Fools and Horses. I think that's about a ninety minute podcast, and um, and there's another sort long, of. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's another ninety minute <laughs> another ninety minute podcast uh, for ten dollar backers um, on the Sopranos, uh, but we will sort of maybe 
if you ha- hold fire a couple of weeks, we might be doing that for less. So, Indeed, yes, And we so. might also be posting a sort of preview of uh, one of those podcasts, like a five-minute preview yeah. just for you to have a listen and get the general gist of it so those two things I want you all to do this week that's email and Patreon there you are that's your homework yeah. for the week oh Gary any update on uh, that man who wanted us to go to the house for well, I've doing not heard the, back from him so I'm beginning to the think live, that yeah. beginning to think that maybe li- live show coming 2018 maybe yeah maybe <laughs> I'm still interested in us doing something with the podcast yeah. uh, next you know with the podcast uh, community next year I think we should get down to that podcast festival absolutely and, and bring our yeah. bags and hope he just takes us home with him there and then yeah you mm. know what we didn't do we didn't do like the witty banter bit at the beginning like you know what's going on in our lives because you know without Luke it's a bit meaningless we talked it? about Luke's power cut oh, that's true yeah but it's all about him even if he's not here it's and, all about uh, him how was your birthday then Gary let's not go no, put this in it we'll, we'll, put, we'll do this at the end and we'll ooh, put it in at ooh, the beginning ooh, <laughs> I got the shoes today I'm no longer wearing the boot I'm a normal human being again yeah Yay. I posted a picture on Facebook if you weren't going to have a look but you have to know I saw that yeah so, yes. Maybe I'll share it to our Facebook group. What a good and idea. Then you can, that's and then you can see that's Gary's shoes. There you go. That's, there you are. Uh, uh, thank you, Matt, and goodbye. Goodbye, Gary. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realise that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. <laughs> It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.